Hi, this is Pastor Matt, and I want to welcome you to our Blue Oaks Church podcast. At the end of this episode, feel free to download our Blue Oaks Church app, where you'll be able to access resources, events, and ways to get connected at Blue Oaks and in the community. The app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend, and it's the easiest way to keep up with everything going on around Blue Oaks. Most importantly, though, I just hope that you enjoy this episode and it inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Hi, my name is Lisa Harrington. I'm the care pastor here at Blue Oaks. We're currently doing a series about core beliefs that are catalytic to spiritual growth. And today the topic is surrender. You know, what does it mean to surrender? In its simplest form, it means to give up. Do you have difficulty with the idea of surrender or giving up? You know, at some level, we all struggle with this. So I want to make a confession uh, today. Let me give you an example. Have you ever played the game Spoons? There's a 10-year age difference between our, our oldest and youngest daughter. It was always a challenge to find games that the whole family could enjoy, but Spoons was one of them. You use a regular deck of cards, regular spoons, actually one fewer spoon than the number of people playing. Cards are picked up and passed quickly until someone gets four of a kind and takes a spoon. And once the player with four of a kind takes a spoon, anyone can take a spoon. And the player left without a spoon is the loser. So the idea, it was a game that our three-year-old had a chance to win. And I really wanted to let the three-year-old win. I did. But as soon as I started to see the, the spoons being taken, I just couldn't give up. That would be like surrendering when I didn't really have to. And I'm not proud of this, but I became known as the mom who literally dove over, even landed on top of, actually crushed the three-year-old more than once, uh, just so that I could get a spoon and not be the loser. I don't like to surrender. Uh, thankfully, the Bible has many examples of people who've conceded and surrendered and yielded to God's will. Uh, one person that comes to my mind is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Her story is so familiar, I think it's easy to lose sight of the significance. But it's not just a Christmas story. I mean, it's a story of somebody who willingly submitted to the will of God. So try to listen to the stories if you're hearing it for the first time. All right, so here's the scene. God sends the angel Gabriel to pay a visit to Mary. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled, and she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And Gabriel says, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You'll be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And I love this next part because Mary asks a question, uh, which was fair, right? To ask a question in light of the message that she just received. How will this be? How's this going to happen? How is this even possible since I'm a virgin? And she gets an answer. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. That's the answer she got. Even though she didn't understand everything that was happening, she trusted God anyway and submitted to his will. When I think about what it means to surrender, this story almost always comes to mind because it's just such a great example of courage and obedience. Mary surrendered to God and risked her and Joseph and their family's reputation by agreeing to participate. I'm the Lord's servant. Be it done unto me as you say. Now, maybe you can relate because you've had something happen recently that you didn't think you could bear, something that was confusing or you didn't understand. Maybe it's a situation that you've been living with for a long time, 
Or maybe it's something that happened suddenly and caught you, caught you by surprise. And when these kinds of things happen, our minds try to control everything that's happening around us. It's just how it works. Something happens and we're immediately thinking and processing, asking questions. You know, our minds reject and ignore and try to change situations that we don't want. And then there comes a time, you know, a situation where we can't keep fighting, either because it's too painful or because we finally know it's pointless. And we eventually figure out we need to try something else. You know, and this is where surrender can start to happen. Surrender happens when we know that we don't know anything anymore, when we finally understand that we can't think our way out of something. You know, I don't think it would have been possible for Mary to think her way out of her encounter with Gabriel. You know, how many things do we miss? How many opportunities are lost trying to think our way out of things, you know, because of our reluctance to surrender? Do you have any personal stories of surrender? You know, probably maybe lots of them. If you're a follower of Christ, you have your salvation story. But after that, surrendering our wills is an ongoing process. As best you know your heart, have you fully surrendered it to Jesus? Beyond the salvation part, you know, I'm talking about living a surrendered life a life that's willing to be open and honest. And God's will for our lives always, always requires something of us. I mean, we, we need to yield to him. This is surrender. My mom passed away in 2013, and losing her was one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through. You know, I really struggled the first year after her death, not only because of her death, but there were so many changes at work, and the job I once loved was causing a lot of emotional and mental distress. I was getting physically sick. On the one-year anniversary of her death, I went to the cemetery with my guitar to, to pay respect. And as I was thinking about the year and as I was reflecting, I thought about how her funeral service had been so hard to plan. I mean, there were so many restrictions and permissions that we needed from the church we used for her service, and it just seemed way harder than it needed to be. And it made me wonder, you know, what do other people do and how do they do it without a church community to help? What I'm going to share next um, might, seem, might seem unbelievable, but, but that day at the graveside, I heard an, an almost audible voice from God and the message was clear. Quit your job and talk at funerals. I want you to help make it easier on other families. What is happening right now? Like, I must be imagining this, but again, the voice, right? Quit your job and talk at funerals. I want you to help make it easier on other families. What would you do with that? What do you do with that? I didn't know what to do with that, but I knew without any doubt that it was God speaking to me. I literally threw my arms up in the air at the cemetery, looked up at the sky and said very loudly, this is your big plan for me? Seriously, this is your plan? There was a groundskeeper sitting about 20 feet away just staring at me. I've always wondered what he must have been thinking as he watched all that unfold. He didn't hear God talking. All he saw and heard was me, and I was talking out loud. I obeyed. I did what God asked. I walked away from that job. A week and a half later, a member from Blue Oaks died, and through an unusual set of circumstances, I was the one who ended up going over to the family's house uh, with Pastor Matt. When he and I were leaving, I told him about this big revelation at the cemetery, you know, how God spoke to me concerning my job and pursuing his will for my life. Matt wondered if my family was on board and if we needed my income. He really wondered if I should quit my day job. It was too late for that, though. I'd already quit. Uh, he, he just wasn't sure there'd be full-time work talking at funerals. Probably should have talked to him b before I quit. I ended up helping uh, to plan the service for the Blue Oaks member, and someone who attended that service asked if I'd be willing to help someone they knew. 
All of that happened in short order, you know, right after the whole cemetery experience. All of it was affirmation to me that I was doing what God was asking me to do. <laughs> I mean, in what world, what world would these coincidences happen? It also quickly became clear that Matt was right. I would never earn the income I needed to contribute to our household. So while it was true, money was a concern, I still believed I was submitting to God's call and following his direction. Now, there's a character in the book of Judges by the name of Gideon. Uh, he was called by God to deliver the Israelites from the Midianites, who outnumbered them by more than four to one. So Gideon started with 32,000 men. Math isn't my strong suit, but that would mean the other guys had at least 128,000 men. God told Gideon 32,000 men was too many. So he dismissed anyone who lacked courage and told them they could go home. 22,000 soldiers left. That brought the number down to 10,000. But God told them that was still too many. So more men are dismissed until only 300 men are left to fight. Spoiler alert. Gideon and his 300 men, they won. In what universe does this math work? In God's universe, this math works. Now, can you even imagine what those 300 men were thinking? All right, Gideon, I hope you know what you're doing. I promised my wife I'd be home for dinner. Now, I literally told dozens of people about my experience in the cemetery and God's call on my life because I heard him so clearly. I just believed he was at work. And as time progressed, I was often kicking myself, wondering why I had opened my mouth and told so many people. I guess I was just thinking since I was so certain it was God and I was so excited and inspired about this new direction, I just assumed other people would be just as excited for me and all that was happening. You know, if, big if, if it all worked out, it would be a great testimony, you know, maybe a little unbelievable, still impactful perhaps, but I was telling people as it was happening, not after the fact, so that we could all see what God was doing as he was doing it. I later learned that a lot of people thought I'd lost my mind, like, you know, talk at funerals? What an interesting career choice, Lisa. Stay with me, though. It, it gets better. I mean, how could it not go up from here? A few months later, uh, Blue Oaks got our first email asking whether we had a pastor or someone who could bring church service to their senior center. Joe Hartley called to ask about whether or not I was interested, and I absolutely was interested. And that email was quickly followed by another email from a different senior community. Blue Oaks had never received requests like this before. You know, coincidence? I don't think so. The plan at first was to facilitate the church service for the senior community. You know, I would lead a few songs and then show Matt's teaching videos. And there were some immediate challenges, right? The message was too long for this age group, and hearing issues of the participants made sound problematic as well. But there wasn't, there wasn't any quick fix. So on the third week, I show up with the video, but five minutes in, the video froze and it wouldn't play. So I said, you know, well, what happens when plan A fails? And everybody says, plan B, and I say, right. So I happened to have the whole, the whole series of DVDs in my bag, so I grabbed another one to play. Well, guess what happened? It froze all too. This was taking up too much time, right? Uh, so what do I do? I, I just figured I'd just apologize and say, you know, I'll be back, I'll be back next week. You know, I wasn't prepared. But I was strongly nudged by the Holy Spirit as I was putting things away to just deliver the message myself. I mean, unlike the conversation between me and God at the cemetery, this one wasn't out loud, it was just in my head. You know, this is crazy, I'm not ready, I don't have a message. And the Holy Spirit's response to that was, yes, you are, you're ready, I've been preparing you. And the whole thing was kind of amusing because the teaching series I had with me was about the Holy Spirit. You can't make this stuff up. 
needless to say, I was hesitant, uh, but also knew uh, we were still making our first impression as a church. So I said to the residents, when plan A and plan B fail, what do you do? Plan C. And I say, right, looks like I'm plan C. So I talked about the passage in Exodus when the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, how they were trapped between the mountains and the sea with no way to escape Pharaoh's army. And it's how I felt in that moment. But in that moment, I leaned into the Lord to help me get across. <laughs> the residents were so gracious that day. When I finished, they responded with applause and asked me to do that every week, which is what I've done since that day forward. And there's so much more I could share about this whole process, but the point is the way that God has worked throughout my surrender to his will. It's been, it's been amazing. I mean, it's been faith building and stretching in such a profound way, and not just for me, but for others as well. I mean, remember, I told dozens of people along the way, and this is one of the reasons it's important for us to share our stories. In hindsight, it became clear the funeral gig was an accelerated training ground for planning church services and pastoring. You know, it's something I'd never done before, but I surrendered. I mean, I went all in. I literally risked everything to do what God was asking me to do. And this, I mean, this is where it's brought me, talking to you today and, and every week in senior centers. I mean, in what world does this happen? In what world? In God's world, this is what happens. When we make a genuine decision to follow and obey God, you know, we should leave it all on the table and hold nothing back. You know, as Mary said, you know, I'm the Lord's servant. Be it done unto me as you say. Are you willing to say that to God? Sometimes I am, and other times I'm not. To hold nothing back from God is the choice to surrender. It might be plans, goals, a relationship, or as in Lisa's case, your job. It simply means the desire for God is greater than other things in life. Submission is the starting point of spiritual formation. Just as learning a new skill like a language or a musical instrument requires discipline and commitment, spiritual formation requires the same intentionality and practice. Spiritual practices are training for the mind and the soul as well as the body. They're about replacing our habits of need with patterns of surrender. Solitude is surrendering our need for attention. Prayer is surrendering the need for our will to be done. Generosity is surrendering our need for more. Simplicity is surrendering our need for possessions. Fasting is surrendering our need to satisfy our hunger. And worship is surrendering our need to be in control. The key is understanding that surrender isn't a one-time event. It's a daily choice that becomes a lifestyle of Christ-centered living. If you'd like to know more about spiritual practices, email me at scotthouse at blueoakschurch.org. Let's rejoin Lisa as we continue to learn what a life of surrender to God looks like. When God offered up his son for our redemption, he revealed how valuable we are to him. You know, the gift of salvation was an act of total surrender by our Savior. You know, are you prepared to surrender your life for his purposes? And for a follower of Jesus, desiring God's will for our lives is victory, not defeat. What is there in your life that you're still holding on to? It may, might not even be a sin or something you've done, but something you're holding on to. You know, I surrender except this one thing. We all have something. You know, are you willing to confess, walk away, you know, give it up or lay it down? What's holding you back from full surrender? 
You know, what changes do you need to make? These are important questions that we should ask ourselves regularly. Surrender can seem like a bad thing because we don't want anyone to control us, but believing we have control over anything is an illusion anyway. Surrendering to God, it's a process, and it's actually a beautiful thing. Surrender sets us free, but it's counterintuitive. What we believe about God's character matters because it's impossible to surrender to God if we don't think he has good intentions for us. We have to believe in his goodness and that he's always working to accomplish good in us. Sometimes the need for surrender catches us by surprise. I mean, it was true for me at the cemetery. I sure didn't see that coming. It was true for Mary when Gabriel showed up. We need to get into the habitual practice of listening to God so that we can hear and recognize his voice. Joshua said, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. What did Jesus really do when he went to the cross? He fully surrendered his entire being and life over to the care of the Father in order to complete God's will for his life here on earth. He was listening to God. I mean, Jesus habitually listened to the Father. It was God's will that he go to the cross to die for us, and Jesus was willing to fully surrender every part of his being to complete that call on his life. Did he want to? He asked if there was any other way so that this cup might pass, but there wasn't any other way, and he fully surrendered to God's will. Now, I think one thing God wants from each one of us is that we take our lives one day at a time, and in each one of these days we accomplish to the best of our ability what he wants us to accomplish for that day. You know, do the best we can and be the best we can every day. Surrendering to God isn't about giving up total control over every single little thing. I mean, obviously we still need to make choices about our daily lives. Surrendering to God's more about aligning what you want with what God wants and being willing to follow him as he leads you in your life. All of us are surrendering to something, to our schedules, money, people, alcohol, to name just a few things. I mean, the list is endless and it's different for each one of us. One of the many things this past year has taught me is that I'm not in control at all. I mean, none of us are. A year ago, some invisible virus showed up, wreaked havoc in our world, devastated the economy, turned healthcare on its hair, on its head. Hundreds of thousands have lost their lives. You know, there's more going on than we could possibly understand or know, and that we have no power or control over. None. Zero. James said, uh, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. You know, we only imagine that we have control. But letting go, letting go of that illusion is not easy. Now, I'm constantly learning more about taking one day at a time and holding loosely to things that I think are important. It reminds me of a quote by Corey Tembum. I have learned to hold all things loosely so that God won't have to pry them out of my hands. There are daily opportunities to surrender to God's will. And often we face uh, situations that require our surrender. Yet we struggle and try hard to maintain control, you know, hold our position, no matter how loud our inner voice tries to get our attention, no matter how hard try- God tries to get our attention. Proverbs says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. From the time we surrender our lives to Christ, we're called to surrender to the Holy Spirit's leading. Yet that often becomes one of our greatest struggles. 
Many of us, myself included, waste so much time fighting against God's instruction in order to keep chasing whatever it is we want, which only serves to complicate our lives. So what do we do? You know, how does surrender work? One thing we need to do is pray. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. We should also be open, uh, open to and seek wise counsel. Proverbs says, uh, listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end you'll be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. You know, surrendering to God's will and letting go is something we need to do for our entire lives, and what each of us surrender won't be the same. I mean, don't be quitting your jobs, right? It looks different for each of us, and it usually involves giving something up. Total surrender, it doesn't occur without some sacrifice, and it's usually not easy either. When we think about giving up or surrendering, we often see that in a negative or bad way, which makes me think of Jonah. Uh, Jonah was a prophet commanded by God to warn the people of Nineveh, Nineveh of their coming destruction if they didn't repent. But instead of willingly following God's command, Jonah tries to run away from God and hops onto a ship headed in the opposite direction. When a storm threatens to sink the ship, the sailors determine that someone on board must be at fault. They cast lots and the lot falls on Jonah. Jonah tells them he's at fault for running away from God and they should throw him overboard, which they did. Then a large fish swallowed him and from the inside of the fish's belly, he cried out to God for mercy and repented for being so stubborn. And God heard him. Not hurt him, God heard him. The fish spit Jonah out and God spoke to Jonah a second time, uh, giving him a second chance to go to Nineveh and preach to the people. You know, no matter how long we avoid God's instruction, it's still there for us to follow when we stop running. Jonah wanted Nineveh to be destroyed, and he knew God was going to be gracious and compassionate to people he didn't think deserved it. Is this ever you? Do you ever not want to do what God's asking of you because you don't think other people deserve it or they might be blessed? God often asks us to do things we don't want to do. We can always find a boat headed in the wrong or opposite direction. For Jonah, being thrown into the sea and drowning seemed better than doing what God was asking him to do. I mean, little did he know, he had no control over whether he lived or died. We can't run, we can't hide, we can't escape from God. You know, and there's a lesson here from Jonah. Instead of running from the will of God, we can joyfully bow before the Lord and surrender. It's an option. It's a choice. Philippians says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I encourage you to ask yourself, where am I headed? And if you're moving in any direction other than God's will, there is no time like the present to make a change. And I don't want any of you to think I'm any kind of saint because of my surrender story. I blow it all the time. Uh, but even now I have a three-year-old granddaughter, and when my daughter comes to visit, she hides all the spoons. We all make mistakes. We all have successes and failures. But if we share our stories, we will make progress. So here's the thing. We do. We need to share our surrender stories, not excluding, but not specifically talking about our salvation stories. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like not to have examples to read in Scripture? Our stories are so important. We need to tell them to, to each other. And I, can't, I cannot stress that enough. I mean, too often, I think we sell ourselves short. We judge ourselves for not doing something we should have done sooner, or maybe we didn't do it all, or we don't think our story is important enough to share. We compare our story to someone else's and deem it unworthy. I'm telling you straight up, that's just not true. We need to share our stories. I mean, don't rob somebody else from being blessed 
by your story. And we encourage everyone to be in small group uh, community for just such opportunities so that we can share about what God's doing in our lives. And I'd also love to hear your stories, so send me an email or let's grab coffee, let's swap stories. I would love for us to be a church community full of people that like Mary said, I'm the Lord's servant, be it done unto me as you say. Let's pray. God, just thank you so much for, uh, for your word. Thank you so much for the hundreds of stories contained in scripture that we can draw from. Good examples, bad examples, um, everywhere in between. Uh, so just thank you for that, God. Help us as we, as we take this, this journey that we have individually of surrendering to the next level. God, help us each to, um, to, to submit and to surrender, to yield whatever it is that you're asking us to do um, over to you. And God, give us the courage to share what's going on in our lives with each other because it's just so important. It's important for us individually, but it's important for the people we're interacting with too. Um, so it's kind of selfish to hold our stories to ourselves. So help us, give us courage, God, and help Blue Oaks uh, to become a church that says, you know, uh, that just submits to you and yields to you. I'm the Lord's servant, be it done unto me as you say. And just lift all this up. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. We hope you found something in this week's message to take away and apply to your life this week. Uh, if you live in the Bay Area, we would love to have you join us for one of our weekend services. We meet on Sunday mornings at 845, 10, and 1115. Uh, for directions or information about what we have for you or your family, your students, you can go to blueoaks.church or download the app today. Uh, and we hope to see you on Sunday soon.